podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello and welcome to Post Match Raw. I have a win to talk about, and I am fully blaming this man, Stephen. We did a win. Continues. We did a win. Absolutely, absolutely. But before we get into the game, I'm sure everyone has seen now, and hopefully you have as well, Stephen. But the BBC studio and their sex noises in the studio. <laughs> I think this deserves at least 45 minutes, because that was the best piece of television I've ever seen in my life. Oh my god, Gary Lineker looks so annoyed. <laughs> he looks so annoyed. And like Danny Murphy has no emotion, does he, at all? Like, no. It, he just sat there so emotionless. Unless Danny Murphy was so emotionless because it was a sex video involving him that was being played. Well, if it was him, if it was him, it was making some weird noises. <laughs> uh... No, but it well, it looks like someone taped a phone to one of the chairs, so it'd be someone taking the piss. I, I bet it was Shearer. It's definitely Shearer. <laughs> he, he was probably pissing himself on the gantry, because that was... Ah, that, that's, as soon as that happened, it, nothing could have brought down the mood, because that was fantastic. Oh, what a piece of television. It needs to happen more often. Just watching Gary Lineker getting more and more and more annoyed. I was like, they're just talking <laughs> rubbish. Poor Paul Ince was getting picked on for being not very smart. And suddenly he looked smarter than the rest of them because he could he could annoy <laughs> He just wasn't bothered by it. Lineker was so annoyed. Uh, that was class. Good times. Um, well, the, com- the, f- the comedy continued because... Basically, as the first, the first whistle went, we also had a blackout as well, because there was a power cut in Wolverhampton, which was clearly Gags' fault. Um, <laughs> yeah, so it's one of those days. Um, we might as well start with the starting 11, which I will get up in front of me now. As we know, Stephen, the starting 11 has always been a source of dread this season, because you see, you it loads up and you see... Players you don't want to be in there. And today, I think, maybe Milner aside, but I think it's understandable considering the form of our right-back at the minute. I think that team's basically as good as it was going to get. I think it was exciting, had a nice mix of youth and experience. Maybe overplaying Thiago a smidge is a worry, but first team for me, I was very happy with it. Yeah, I think it was a really, really sensible lineup and... As you said, apart from Grandpa Milner, and he was, I think he probably was the only real option, but I thought it was quite a balanced team as well. Um, I think Joe on the left next to Canate, I was like, hope, I just like, I just like, hopefully, if they play together, they can learn to talk to each other and how to defend. But I thought it was, a, it was a, you know, a reasonable bat for, it was a midfield worth getting excited about. And Harvey playing as a forward. Not a centre midfielder doing what what he did when we bought him and what he's good at, you know. So it was, um, yeah, I was quite happy with the lineup. Yeah, yeah, as I just said when I was doing, it's just it's a bit strange because we've got so many injuries in the forward line. You see a relatively inexperienced forward line of well, Gakpo's experienced, but not not at our club or in this country. Elliot's not really played that position, and Carvalho's not really played left wing for us that much either, so it's a very strange... But it felt right at the time, because you don't want to overplay more. Um, Ox isn't really a left wing option anyway, and Darwin's not quite ready to come back, seemingly, at the weekend. So, yeah, I'm happy, I'm happy with the team, man. And I think... I think- 
I Sorry, think it made sense, right? Like, because Harvey Elliott needs to play further up the field with space around him, which he doesn't yes. get in the midfield three. And Fabio just needs minutes. Yeah, like, he just needs to get on the pitch and have a chance to run around and try and do something. And he's smart enough to play out of play what is out of position for him and do a you know a reasonably good job. And you know, Gakpo just needs to get used to his teammates. Yeah, so, we'll probably we'll probably come back to Gakpo because it's a bit of a. I think he he's kind of getting discussed for non footballing reasons because we spent money on him whilst there's other issues in the squad. But we'll come back to Gakpo. But yeah, it's uh, it was a bit of a it was a bit of a strange one. But him as a nine could be something we see long term. But um, we'll come back to it. But the uh, the Wolves team uh, just to go for it. Um, Jose Lem. Lembisa? Bikisa. Let's go with that. Collins, Totti, Totti, Johnny, uh, Triora, Moutinho, Neves, Hodge, Etnuri, and Jimenez. So they've gone a bit of a mix as well. So probably a few more youngsters in there, but they were probably more um, rotated last week, if anything. So probably stronger than them, uh, than the last game. But the game starts off, obviously we get like two minutes before the blackout, if that. Um, they start off quite well. Um, but it, it, it's a bit of a... It's a bit of a tight game, Stephen, and I'm, I think that might be a good thing at the minute, because I, I can't remember what the exact stat is, but isn't it like 15 out of 28 games, something like that, 15 out of 28 games we've gone behind first this season? So being a tight game, I don't really mind. Yeah, I thought... Our you know, what Klopp's known for, right? Coming out of the blocks, trying to play like intense football straight away. We're obviously nowhere near that at the moment. So just a sort of calmer, considered start to the game. Um, I didn't write down the minutes, uh, all the notes from the first sort of fifteen minutes because I was, as I said before, I was a bit distracted. But um, like the ball coming to Gomez and Gomez just telling him to calm down and slow down and not rush things, and he did that a few times today. I think just slowing it down and just waiting, wait like waiting for opportunities, waiting for Wolves to make mistakes mm-hmm. and give us some space was what we needed to do rather than just hopelessly pump the ball up to Gakpo and hope. So, yeah, I didn't mind the start. You know, it was some people could determine that the first half was fairly boring, but I think it's probably, I think we needed a bit of boring James Milner today. So it, it was fine. Like it wasn't, offensive or bad it was just a slow steady building into the game wasn't it i love a bit of boring (laughs) it's better than than being shit (laughs) i I think we would all take like a second half of the season of boring one nails wouldn't we oh god just just not conceding first every game would fucking dear me do me absolutely jesus well, as you say, I mean, it it was a bit boring, so I'll jump straight to the goal and then maybe we'll talk a bit more generally about some of the positions on the pitch. I think Harvey Elliott, we mentioned playing in the forward line, gets the ball from deep, we, we break. Elliott finds a good amount of space. James Milner, of all people, overlapping, which is not something he should be doing, <laughs> not at his age. But Harvey Elliott... A lovely strike from goal, which feels like the first outside-the-box goal since Gerard was here. I know that's wrong, but it does feel like that at times. Don't know what their keeper's doing, but it is really nice to see Elliot have some space to operate in and basically just have a go. Because we don't, we're not seeing that from our team this season. Just have a go now and again. Always has to be a perfect goal or basically nothing. It's just, but having seeing a youngster... Just have a just have a bash from twenty five to thirty yards out. If that, it is just a good goal to see, and so that's probably the most promising I've seen from Elliot this season. Obviously, it's more a natural position, and I think he has been scapegoated a bit in terms of the midfield stuff. He is an issue, but he's not the issue there. Um, but it's nice to see him have freedom, and then you see him score a goal like this. J- just a really nice moment for a lad who obviously cares to the fuck to the absolute fucking max about this club are you that person who has everything the coolest merch and those must-have fan threads well 
over at our Anfield Index shop, we've gone that extra mile when it comes to pimping up your Liverpool collection. From our popular range of bespoke design t-shirts, sweaters, hoodies and hats, to our signature edition mugs, prints and coasters, all provided with fast worldwide shipping. We have something for every red. We also stock official LFC merchandise and are licensed with the Premier League and UEFA to sell official iron-on shirt badges and sleeve patches. As a listener to this podcast, you can get 10% off everything with coupon code AIPRO10. Just head over to anfieldindex.shop or find us on Etsy by searching for Anfield Index. Yeah, I mean, just to roll back a minute is like before the, the counter where we score, it's Wolves' first proper and probably only decent attempt in the first half. Um, there's a bit of a scramble that make a mess, yes. and, then we, and then and then we hit them on the counter. But we hit them on the counter the way we used to hit people on teams on the counter methodically, right? So the balls, the ball moves out to Elliot in space, and I think the reason I'm such a Harvey Elliott fanboy, and the reason I think he does stand out to me over Curtis, over Fabio, over a lot of young players, is he's just smart. He's not the fastest. We know he's not the fastest, but he's running up the pitch. He's got his head up. He can see the movement around him. He's, he shifts left, he shifts right. The defenders are all, suddenly there's three defenders. Somehow there are three defenders in front of him, but no one's anywhere near him. So that makes sense. And he takes the yeah. shot. And he takes the shot because he's looked around him and there isn't a better option. And he knows he can hit it. You know, he's <clears throat> he's just a smart kid and to see him being confident and I know you know the interview he says in the interview Mill on a shout shoot but the fact he took the shot on um some keepers would have saved it but I think half the reason he took the shot on is he's seen the keepers all over the shop right you'd so, think so because that goalkeeper considering he was really good last season I fuck Jesus <laughs> but <laughs> he there's must also have been on drunk tonight what the fuck? there is a bit of movement on the ball though it's not uh it's not a Gerard Thunderbastard right there's a lot of movement on the ball, so maybe the goalkeeper's just seen it and gone, oh, and then kind of like, you know, flapped and fallen over. But the important thing was he made the right decision. Like, wonderful finish, but the idea was that there is space. The goalkeeper's not mm-hmm. in the right place. There's no one to pass the ball to, and I know I can do it. And we just need <clears throat> we need to see him given more opportunities in the front line because when there is space, he does make great passes. He does take good shots. He does make good decisions. And I think his decision-making more than anything makes up for his perceived sort of, you know, his lack of pace and not perceived he isn't the quickest, but he's also perceived being not particularly strong. And I think he's probably is quite strong for his size. So I thought, yeah, I thought it was a very welcome goal from a player that we all want to see do well and playing in a position that suits him. So and to be honest, we'll probably come on to it, but when he went back into midfield, we got a bit crap because it's not his position. So, uh, yeah, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, we'll definitely come on to, come on to the um, the substitutes and how that changed and it, the game. It was a bit yeah. of a worldie there, wasn't it? A bit, yeah. Because there was just that nice... That was, he hit, as soon as he hit it, you're like, that's going in. And it, it almost went in in slow motion. The thing is... So when we were watching, we didn't see where the goalkeeper was and on the replay. You're like, where the fuck's the goalkeeper? He <laughs> <laughs> uh, just absolutely, yeah. he's on a one. Look. But no, it is really nice. It is really nice. No, as you say, with more not being more, maybe we need to tinker more and have Elliot play out there a bit and try and get more involved other ways. But I wouldn't mind seeing more of Elliot in, in his more natural position and then maybe move more narrower which we obviously saw in the second half which it didn't really come to anything but yeah, but it gives us options right we it can, does it does we can go to a four two three one and play mo through the middle or mo is the 10 which i know cybrandish likes the idea of i've heard him say enough times we can bring him on if mo's not playing well or mo's tired or we just want to change the way we're playing and have someone running at people with a different style of running i don't know the different style of playing or we can occasionally rest Mo and be like, Do you know what, let's give Harvey 55, 60 minutes, and we know we can bring on Mo if we need him. Like, If he can get enough games to prove value as someone who can start 10 to 15 games on that side, I think it'd be a massive relief to that front line. And he just... Mo's currently our creator, right? And if Mo isn't creating, and with Transform, no one's creating. So why don't we get the most 
creative young attacking player and give them a chance and because look what happens sometimes they score goals and they win man of the match and they're generally just really good and really pleasing and was a positive of a boring game i'd rather have a boring game and a few highlights of one or two people than the chaos of this season yeah and maybe the main reason it was a boring game Stephen. And we've kind of got a question that comes into this area of the pitch from Sandeep in the chat. And if you can hear my dog snoring, I can't do anything about that. Um, but uh, Sandeep asks, do we think Klopp has, finally, uh, has had the penny finally dropped that we need changes? So this will bring me on to the midfield. Because I think most people would agree this is where we need changes. Whether it's internally or transfer market, but... That ship's probably sailed or is sailing or basically it's a shipwreck at the minute. But, Stephen, we did see with Naby, with Stefan Basetic, there are options within the squad. Obviously, Thiago's fucking fantastic. But them two came in and put on a really... not ex- Maybe from Basetic because he's 17. Not exciting, but competent is the baseline that we need. And they I were mean- just competent all game. But also, we had three footballers who could run. I know Thiago doesn't run very fast, but he actually, like this season, he's had to put himself around a lot because the people playing alongside him haven't been very good. And today he looked energised because Naby just didn't stop moving. And it's going to be really sad seeing to leave because he did nothing spectacular today, but he also was just... A running menace, you know, for the Elliot goal. Naby's charging through the middle, right? He's running straight down, straight through the lines to get into the box and taking a defender with him. It's what you want to see the midfielders doing. Um, I can't pronounce his name, Basatich. Uh, just again, full of energy, didn't overcommit himself. Looks like he can turn around in less than 25 minutes. Um, I think if we see Klopp playing that midfield, at the weekend, then we know he's starting to realise that changes are foot. And no one knows why Henno didn't play today. And when Fab came on, he looked—he just looked stiff. He did, but the guy... He looked like he had a plank of wood glued to his back. The only he, excuse I'd make for Fabinho, with, not, not for the whole season because he'd been fucking dreadful, but today... The entire game state had changed. They were getting more desperate. They were whacking centre-backs up front. He was playing in midfield with Naby, who knackered Elliot at times, and then I think it swapped and um, Jones was there. So he didn't really come into the game whilst it was at a neutral state. It was desperate Wolves trying to push as many men forward. So I, 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 thought, was, was I thought he wasn't great, but it was a different state of the game. We'll come on to it later, right? But my comment wasn't aimed about how well he played. It was more about, like, physically, I think we've broken him. Yes, that's a different And we're playing, you know, a young, probably, I think he's probably played more of us an eight the last few seasons, and he's played a bit of centre-backs in the the 21s or 19s. But... He's tall, he can he's got a bit of movement about him, he looks conf- he always looks confident and composed. There is something about kids that come through Spanish academies, right, with the ball at their feet in midfield. And he he did the bare minimum and he did the bare minimum well. He did nothing spectacular. He just did his job. He was and it probably helped having like Tiago there, right? Because he knows if I fuck around, then this guy's gonna tell me off. Um and I thought he was good. And as you said, not spectacular. Didn't do anything particularly interesting apart from an absolutely beautiful turn at some point in the game. I think that's the second half, isn't it? But yeah, I think he did. I think he did well. And Naby was just the quiet version of Naby. You know, like the six and a half, seven out of ten, but constantly moving, closing players down, just being full of energy. And I. Th- you know, we've all talked about this on Discord and WhatsApp, right? The thing that's frustrated so many of us with the midfield and with Klopp not, you know, we perceive him as being too loyal. He's now saying he's not. But Hendo has lost his legs and just shouts at people. Fabinho just look, he looks stiff and out of shape. And it might be a form, it might be a fitness thing, but he looks like on a physical decline. And then Thiago's having to do too much work alongside those players. I'm sorry, but Harvey's just not a midfielder. 
it, it doesn't suit his game, especially when he has to play with Thiago. It's not a big midfield. So just seeing two other players playing alongside our world-class midfielder and just doing good jobs, which means the players around them looked better, was a positive. And hopefully, as you said, the question was, do you think Klopp will, Klopp will well, finally realise change which, as a foot? Well, and what do you see for Chelsea? That's probably the best way of answering it. Yeah. Do, you, do you think the corpses will come back in for Chelsea? I mean, I think I think at least one of the corpses will come back in. I hope neither of them do. As I said, I, I would like to see these three starting the next game. And then you bring on mm. Hendo and Fabinho to see out the game if he really wants them on the pitch. But just by having people who can and want to run made a massive difference because Wolves didn't really... I know the game was boring because they didn't really do anything. And, we were fo- and it felt more like the midfielders was focusing on not making mistakes. So the, th- yeah. the thing is, you mentioned not making a mistake, but the press was back. Not not to its absolute best, but we saw it highlighted when um, Jose Sarr had to kick the goal, the ball out for a corner. But we, Harvey we, can press if your midfield isn't all over the fucking. Place. Well, that's what I mean. But yeah, we we saw. I think we saw Elliot before that moment do Lalana stuff where he's running about closing down, which is admirable. But as a system, it doesn't. It's not what it was. But he was also quite mature, because later in the second half, Naby overlaps with Harvey, and the ball's on the left-hand side of the pitch. So he just drops back into midfield, because Naby's further up the pitch. And I can't remember where Milner was, but we all know he can't run very fast. So again, his decision made, he's made a smart, sensible decision of, there are lots of players forward, I'm going to let him overlap, do his thing. And then, and then as soon as we lost the ball, Naby drops back into midfield and Harvey pushes up again. Um, so I just think there, there was more coherence, wasn't there, between the players. And again, Mo and Trent and Naby at their best had some good coherence. But right now, Trent's struggling, Mo's struggling, Naby isn't playing. So I thought that was a positive for today. Just, as you said, like the press can work when your midfielder disciplined and do their roles but also if they do push up your forwards are disciplined and do their roles which they did today well that's the thing I think the thing on the press is maybe it is just a physical issue because we see Naby playing almost not as not as a number 10 because he, he was dropping as an 8 at times but we've we've seen other midfielders play that position and they can't press Maybe it's because the lads behind them can't do the pressing bit either, but we saw Naby pressing high. And Naby's not fast by any means, but he's just intelligent with what he does. Thiago's quite quick-footed, but not rapid. Basetic is a child still. But just the way we were able to contain them, and let's not blow it out the water. This is Wolves. It's not exactly like we did it to Arsenal or Man City this season. Um but it's a step in the right direction. Exactly. That's what we wanted exactly. to see, isn't it? Exactly. And so if we, if we go into Chelsea at the weekend, or maybe more likely the weekend after the next FA Cup game with this team, we need to keep building off this. Because yeah. if we if we do Chelsea again and we bring in Fabinho and start Henderson and that twat starts hoofing the fucking ball and every the relief of not having to watch him hoof the fucking ball is <laughs> fucking glorious. Uh, Jesus Christ. That's another thing. I think some we of it, though... We didn't isn't... all want to do. No, so, and, it's, and, and I think it, it's not about pace, right? It's not about the midfielders being quick. It's about them being mobile. So we today we had midfielders who could turn around, who could shift left and right, who could get up and down, who could go in for a tackle or be press-resistant because they've got mobility about themselves still. Um, whereas... Hender can only run in a straight line now, right? And can't do it very fast. And I hate to say, but watching Fabinho turn is like watching a cruise ship. And I worked mm. on a cruise ship, and I know how slow those fucking things are. So, as I said, today it's just like seeing some players with some energy, some desire to get up and down, and who, who've got enough mobility to do their jobs. They weren't athletes by any stretch of the imagination, but they all did their jobs, and they were able to cover for each other and move around. Yeah, that's the thing. It is just mobility mixed with intelligence. And I doubt Klopp will use these three 
or even two of the three against Chelsea. I think he will bring back in the two corpses. And obviously Chelsea are fucking shit at the minute as well. So we might win, we might draw, we might lose. But that's the same for every game. But the chances of us having a bad result with them two on the pitch at the minute go up so that way go up greatly. Uh I'll go with a word I can say. Um but it'd just be Ah, it'd be so annoying if we go back to what hasn't been working. But also the car centre backs today. Like yeah. Joe looked a lot more composed. As I said before, there were moments where the ball came through to the centre backs and he had at his feet and he did the you know the hands down motion, the slow down, or he would take an extra touch before passing the ball. So he looked he just looked a bit more composed and a bit more control on the Joe game as we remember from two, three years ago. Um Ibu was a lot more physically dominant, whether it was winning the ball, whether it was when he had the ball, it was when he was you know taking carrying the ball out of defence, um, ushering players out of play. Like he just looked a bit more. Again, he looked more towards the player we know, and I think some of that has to come from the fact the midfield in front of them was functioning. You might want to say that most of them got a six out of ten because they didn't do anything spectacular, did nothing wrong. They just did their jobs and did it reasonably well. Maybe a seven if you want to be generous. But sometimes all you need your midfield to do is that. We won a lot of games just from Ginny and Hendo and Fab just six, being consistent, just being yeah. consistently six, seven out of ten. And we beat teams like PSG because Klopp was like, okay, so these guys are going to do nothing more than a six today, but they're going to they're going to they're going to block those passing channels. They're going to get in the way of the PSG players. And guess what? We got Trent and Robbo, so we're just going to bypass the midfield and go from Trent to Bobby and score goals. So if your midfield's working, your other players around that can work. Um, mm-hmm. I know we probably want to talk about second coming of Moreno in Costas, but he was a bit rubbish today, which always makes me sad. But I thought Bielner was fine. You know, oh, can't run very fast. There was a lovely, there was a lovely tackle on just at the start of the second half, they try a foot. Like, I didn't see. Oh, it he pissed, yeah, he pissed through it, Neri. Yeah, tried literally tried to cut their. Like, he's, he was playing left wing, wasn't he? Not left back, but they tried to cut him in half, and somehow didn't foul him. But he did try to chop him in half, and he came off at sixty minutes before he completely ran out of steam. But I thought, I thought that platform of the midfield just being consistent meant the centre backs could be centre backs, and I know Wolves are great. But they caused us trouble last week, and today they didn't. Another question leading into the next couple team sheets. What do we do with Trent? Because Milner, Milner's Milner, but Trent... I think Trent's improved since the World Cup break, but against Brighton, he got destroyed. Um, so maybe do we give Trent... Chelsea and then Milner Brighton and then go from there. If VVD wasn't injured, I would have said give Gomez Chelsea and give Trent Brighton to get his form up. But we need Gomez to play at centre half because Matip has to me, Matip's falling off is falling off of a cliff in slow motion. So I think you're right. I think we have to start we have to start Trent at the weekend against Chelsea. And if we play that midfield, or at least play Thiago and Cater, and Cater on the right, that gives a bit more um, protection platform. and a bit more of a platform for Trent. And maybe Trent's just encouraged to not try and do everything. And then yeah. I think, you know, against Brighton, we either play Milner or. Although Matoma against Milner doesn't sound fun. Or if Ramsey's real... No, he's not real. He might be real. He's not real, though. Have you seen him? I haven't seen him. No. doesn't exist. So He might be. So Ramsey's real. Ramsey should play. But do we throw him against Matoma? Well, we've got to throw somebody against him. I think... We can't throw. We can't That's play true, Gomez. But, but we can't play Gomez because he'll break. Go. If Milner plays against Brighton, he has to be banned from going past the halfway line. True. True. 
Mind, I'd probably ban Trent from going in the half the way he played against him. Um, yeah, but to be fair, if we said to Trent, you can't go more than 10 metres past the halfway line, he can still hit a centre-half right on the nose of exactly. the crossing. Just play him at centre-back. <laughs> just absolutely. I think we just I need... Am. If we play Trent, we've got to stop this bullshit where he's cutting inside being a 10. We need, he needs to go back to basics and play as a full-back who's allowed David to do a sweeping 45-yard crosses and passes from deep. Um, yeah, I'd agree with that. Because if we play that midfield, or we play at least two-thirds of it, there's a better chance that Gomez and Ibu play again, play reasonably well like tonight. And against Chelsea, Chelsea aren't playing very well this year. Mm-hmm. If we can get six and a half and seven out of tens out of Ibu and Gomez, that's probably enough. Because Robbo looks like he's getting a bit of form back. Um, Trent looks like he's slowly starting to go in the right direction again. But the centre halves will be terrible if we go back to f- f- that Fab Hendo like legless midfield again. Hello, I'm here to annoy you. I'm here to annoy you into listening to more of me and more of others on EPL Index. We don't just have the Anfield Index stuff. We've got EPL Index as well, which covers the entirety of the Premier League. And we have three podcasts and a whole bunch of really good writing on EPLindex.com. The podcasts are my own two-footed podcast, which is every day at 4 p.m., Monday through Friday, covering the whole league. We have a Tad Predictable hosted by Tadiwa. You know Tadiwa. He does Anfield Index. He presents a Tad Predictable before every Premier League match week. And then Kevin DeVries and his crew on the EPL roundtable there every week after the Premier League match week. So make sure you listen to everything we're doing on EPL Index and follow us there on Twitter at EPL Index. Thank you. Bye-bye. Yeah, and that's a thing. It's weird because I don't think Matip's been particularly good this season, especially after the World Cup as well. He's been pretty rubbish. Yeah, so maybe I'll just persevere. And I think... Canate being able to play on the right helps as well, so maybe I mean, just with Gomez and Canate for the time being. Although Gomez, it like it's like it goes off like a tap whether he's good or bad. But you know what? I'd rather play Gomez this weekend than rest him against Brighton. Yeah, that, because that, he can't play too many minutes. Right, he needs his minutes yeah. managing. Very um, true. Very true. Um, we'll move on from general stuff. Mine, there isn't too much to talk about in the game itself. Uh, my only other note from the first half was Milner outpaced someone, then got fouled. Gagpo had a shot. Yes. Oh, yes, Car- he did. He shouldn't then, have shot, but he had a shot. And then Carvalho was offside by about... I mean, that, was, that wasn't even Pippo and Zaghi offside. That was... You know, pulled up a park bench and sat on it offside, wasn't it? Yeah, the... Uh, I'm not stupidly against the late flagging thing, but when it's that obvious, just just whack your flag up, mate. Um, basically, that's it from what I've got noted down in the first half. But no, Costas did one good thing. He did that thing where he picks up the ball and run, tries to do the Robbo right. And he runs from runs across the halfway line and then cuts inside and keeps running and got fouled. We won a free kick. It wasn't spectacular, but if it that's was a of, highlight. This game's very dull. <laughs> exactly, it's a highlight because that's how dull it was. But at yeah. least, at least with all of his awful crossing, he did some of the things that we like him for. And then my next note True. is that Milner trying to destroy Eight Mary and True. missing the player but winning the ball. That that's probably going to be the picture for the show as well because it was fantastic. Um, Half time then. Uh, Wolves bring on some grown-ups. I think they bring on Samedo and Mateus Nunes, future Liverpool players, seemingly. Um, Mateus again, Nunes I... looks like Suso, but taller. That's that's a good, bad sign. Good sign. I don't know. Sorry, I interrupted you. But I just he does the. I was like, can they sign Suso? Oh no, they're bringing Nunes on. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to respond to that. I can't remember if Suso was any good for us. He may have just been too young for us. Um, yeah, I mean, my first note's not for seven minutes, and that is the Nabby shot, which was dreadful but funny at the same time. So I don't know where to begin with this. 
Is there anything you want to bring up from that time period? I don't have anything until the wonderful Basatich turn when he tries to be Tiago for a minute. And then Gakpo has terrible finishing. Like, literally nothing happened in that 18 minutes that I can remember. Yeah, Nabi bad shot. I mean, do you want to talk about Gakpo? Because, again, this game, not much happened, so we might as well do general things. Um, It's a weird one, because we signed Gakpo when everyone was really wanting a midfielder. We've spent the 40 mil, maybe wrongly, but we saw it as an opportunity of a player we wanted, got him instead of a midfielder. I don't necessarily spent the money wrongly. I think he was a bit of a Diaz, oh, we can get him now, somebody else wants mm. him, he's on our list. And, you know, we release our books, don't we? When you say much money's in the bank, I don't think we can say because we bought Gakpo, we couldn't buy somebody else. I think they're disconnected. But, um, yeah, I think it's definitely worth talking about. I was excited to see him start today. I think there's lots of things that, and to start through the middle with Nunes not being around... Lots of things about about his game and about his physique, right? He's what six foot four. It's reasonably quick. He can shoot from outside the box. You know the kind of things that we know Nunes can do that he might not be as good as Nunes for. But I was like, maybe we can mould him into a backup for him because he's very different to Jota. I think Jota, when he'll play through the middle, will be something different. I think he's um, very different from Darwin, though. Or did, did you say Nunes? Did, did you? They've got a uh, similar name. Did you say Diaz or Darwin? I think Gakpo's very different in terms of how he plays to Darwin, but I can see why they would want to have him as a backup to Darwin's game because of those attributes, right? The fact he's tall, he's reasonably quick, he's got good technique, he can shoot from outside the box, he'll try and involve other players. I think he's not a like-for-like, but in terms of the other players playing around him, if he's on the pitch and he's playing through the middle, there should be enough where they're able to link up with him reasonably well if he can learn the position but the more as the game went on I was like he's not a number nine yet at all is he yeah that's the thing I think the the only thing I'm judging him on at the minute is almost the lack of spark and now this is going to sound harsh and all pretty basically stupid but when Darwin joined electricity straight away because he's mental when Diaz joined obviously he joined a well he didn't join a perfect situation because we were dwindling a smidge back at that time but it was a billion times better situation than Gakpo's joined but there was a spark instantly there was there I love this bloke have my babies the jazz whereas you look at Gakpo and Maybe it's because I I don't know. And obviously he's playing out of position, as we say. He's not a nine yet. And he's playing with Ox. And everyone what? up front's injured and there's no midfield. But I'm I... just going off what I've seen of Gakpo. There's just no there's no spark. There's no source when I see him. You know what I mean? No, but, and I don't think there will be. And, I don't, and that's not necessarily a negative, right? Nunes is in that case. That's why, as you probably heard the pod in the summer when we signed him. I was so excited about him. He's got that sort of, you know, Slatan was a nutcase. Suarez was a nutcase. So many of the great attacking forwards are nut jobs, And it's fun and exciting. And it's something you can get behind as a fan. And I know there's this weird rhetoric and the fans keep singing, you're just an, another Andy Carroll or some nonsense. But actually his underlying numbers are pretty decent. And he scored a few goals and got a few assists. Yeah, he must have scored more than Andy Carroll already. Yeah, exactly. I think the people, fans just want something to wind him up. But he's doing, he think, I think he's starting to show he's a really good player, but he's going to be an exciting player. Gagpo for me is more like those Dirk Coit signings, and Dirk Coit turned out to be a bit of a legend. He looks like he's going to work hard. He runs very sort of upright and com- like he looks composed when he's moving right. When he walks and he runs, there's an element of composure about the way he moves. Whereas mm. Nunes has got that sort of chaotic movement that Torres has got where he's running at people and you're like, oh, what is he going to do? And it's not because 
Nunez has got better technique. He's just a bit more wild, maybe, with how he will do things. Um, I, and I think it's I easy to get... Yeah. Unpredictability gets you excited, right? Whereas you've got someone who just looks very composed all the time. I think what we've seen today, certainly he, he's a player who wants the ball to his feet as well, because I think maybe my... Not frustrations, because I think it's too early for that. Maybe my question marks over him. He's brand new at the team. We saw Naby try and play through balls to him, and then he's either running late or Naby's not passing early enough. But we see that now with Naby all the time, to be fair. It can be inconsistent. But there's not that link there, whereas I think if that was Darwin in that situation, he'd just be running in behind. And that is a natural number nine, so I can't really blame him for that. But this is what I mean, right? He's not yeah. a nine yet, but he could be because he's got some of the physical attributes which would make him a good backup for Nunes. I think he's, more, he's, in Bobby, I think he's he, more in the Bobby mould in yes, terms but, of yeah, yeah, but What I mean is he could he, he he could be developed into a nine, but he's not naturally a nine. And you could see from his running, he was dropping deep today. But when Bobby dropped deep, you'd have other players overlapping. But you're not going to have... And he doesn't know the team yet, but you're not going to have... Um, Fabio and Elliot. Elliot overlapping because they're creative players. You need to lead the line if you're the guy with those two players, right? So I think some of it, he doesn't know his teammates and some of it, he's he didn't really play as an out-on-out nine in Holland, right? So he was playing on the left, cutting inside where he would get the ball to feet to run up defenders, to play in the players around him or to shoot. So I think it's just at the moment it's a bit unnatural to him playing through the centre. So I, I am think, looking I think, forward to seeing him with Darwin and presumably more on Saturday. I, yeah, Saturday at half twelve. I think, is it? Yeah, and, and you know what? There'll be games where we want to rest more. I think him playing, coming in from the left, being a bit more, you know, being a runner, being a bit more creative, being a bit more physically dangerous than Harvey with Nunes through the minute through the middle and Nunes on the right could be quite excited as well. Because you've still got your wrecking ball nutcase through the middle, but you've got that more sort of calm, composed, hard-working, smart player on the left, and Harvey giving the license to be a bit more of a creator. So I think him playing with Mara Nunez and Harvey and Nunez could be quite fun. Or Jota as well, like because Jota's just a poacher. Ah, Jota so, doesn't exist anymore. But when, well, he's, he's, he's going to be back hopefully soon, isn't he? But Jota having a player That's behind Liverpool him... That's wants... speak. He's never coming back. And if, <laughs> if, if, he, if he wants the ball to feet, Jota doesn't. Jota wants to score goals. So let him have the ball to feet and he can play it to Jota and Jota can score the goals. So I think he'll be fine. And I think he was, a, as I said, I think he was a bit of a... He's a player we were planning to get in the summer. He suits the way we want to change our tactics next season. Where we're trying to go. But we're going to buy him now before United do. It's my sort of take on bringing him in. And it'll take time. Like, Fab came in and barely played for six months. Robbo came in and barely played for six months. Not everyone can be man and come in and be instantly the world's greatest right winger. So I think he'll be all right. No, I but, agree. I'm just giving my first impressions. But, he's, um, but he's, not a, he's, not ready to, he's not ready to be the centre forward yet because he kept... He was dropping deep when everyone else was already deep. Or... As you said, he wanted the ball into feet, but there were no runners for him to do anything with. He's then got his back to goal with no one to the suddenly there's no one breaking. He was drifting, drifted to the left quite a few times. And if he was playing on the left to do that, that's fine, because he's gonna have someone through the middle ahead of him. I just think he wasn't used in a way that he's used to. It's not that I don't think he can do it, I just think he doesn't know the role and his teammates yet, that's all. Yeah. Yeah, I was just giving my first impressions of him. I'm sure he'll. I'm sure he'll come become a very good player. It's just ah, we've just seemingly got instant hits recently. Maybe that's what I'm missing. Well, Plus, we'll all get a lovely heat map and wonderful article from Sam Maguire when he puts a hat he past Chelsea at the weekend. All right, Sam's already telling me things in the chat saying I hate Gakpo, which is true. Um, where are we up to? Basically, my next note is subs, and I didn't actually know. I literally wrote down subs, so now I'm looking at Flashcore to see what the subs are. Can I um, tell you who they are? Yes, please. So, Mary Matt and Jones came on for Gakbo, Fab, and Millie. That is the ones. Um, they also made some changes with Cunha coming on um, and Pedence coming on. 
Yeah, th- this is seemingly where the game changed for the worse for Liverpool. Um, I think this is where they obviously got more attacking. They actually brought on forward, brought on forward players, and we rejigged the team with Jones at left wing, um, Nat Phillips coming on, etc. And more obviously playing through the middle as well. Yeah, there are a couple of things post subs I, I did want to chat about actually. Hmm. Because Nat Phillips is just rubbish, right? He gets a yellow card a few minutes later. But I think suddenly they get their confidence up because they know he's not very good. It's a bit harsh, but yes. <laughs> he's not. I, I, compared to the level that we expect from a centre-half, he's not going to bring the ball out. He's not. He's a, you know, seaball, kickball, seaball, headball type a big, centre-half. A big shithouse. So I think they felt they could target him a bit more and that we would be a bit less, because we've had so many shifts, right? Suddenly we've got an unfamiliar centre-half pairing again but I think the other two things are that just you know as we've said a few times when Fabio comes on like uh, he can't um, run anymore can he oh Fabinho Fabinho I thought you meant Carvalho I thought you meant Carvalho before so but yeah I've misread my notes when Curtis Jones comes on for Carvalho Curtis Jones keeps wandering into the middle of the pitch and into midfield and into the number 10 position. And they start coming down our right-hand side because Costas isn't having the best game. Nat's not particularly great. And Curtis is in the wrong place quite a lot. So he started to look a bit more exposed and they had a lot more space all of a sudden. So I I think things, yeah, things definitely shifted when those three players came on. And to be fair, it's understandably so. As you say, we brought on yeah. Jones, who hasn't played since 1995. Um, moving G- Gomez was having a good game on and off the ball um, in centre-back, and we're moving him to right-back. As you say, Phillips is a... Let's call him a Brexit centre-back. He's, as you say, head the ball, big shithouse. Um, yeah, so losing composure in the team. Obviously, Fabinho... We've been calling him a corpse all podcast, and he is a corpse, let's be fair. Um, love the bloke, but a 17-year-old's more useful at the minute, which isn't great, but we'll probably see him back uh, at the weekend. Um, yeah, and like it was great to see Duke come on, wasn't it, a few minutes later, but the problem with that is... Did you just call him Duke? Duke? I can't remember. Doak. Oh, okay, whatever. Terrible names. But when Doak comes on... You've got you're then moving Harvey back into midfield, and suddenly we've lost. We've got a defensive midfielder who can't run. Maybe he's been on. It's his first game of playing ninety minutes in like forever. I don't need a VPN. I've got nothing to hide. <laughs> this is what I used to tell myself before I hooked up with LibertyShield.com. Not only is my home internet now fully encrypted but I can now access all the websites I want, whenever I want, and do so from absolutely anywhere. As a Liverpool fan, I love to know I can now watch every match, regardless of whether it's on UK TV or not. My Liberty Shield VPN makes sure nothing is blocked and guarantees me super-fast streaming speed throughout that match. You can get connected right now with their software package, which includes a 48-hour no-obligation free trial and instant access to their apps for Apple, Android, Fire TV, PC, Mac, and Android TV. Or go a step further like I have and get one of their pre-configured VPN routers. These small but powerful devices allow you to easily connect every device in your home to VPN, making it the perfect solution for smart TVs, magboxes, and games consoles. Visit LibertyShield.com today and use coupon code AIVPN25 to get 25% off at checkout. Yeah. And Harvey playing on the left-hand side where Curtis is going to wander in and Costas isn't having the best of games and it just sort of went to shit even more, didn't it? Yeah, that that's why I was, I didn't want to be overly harsh on Fabinho when, when we were discussing towards the start of the podcast because <clears throat> say we start, I doubt this will be the team, but say we start Fabinho, uh, Thiago and Navi on Saturday 
it wouldn't surprise me if Fabinho looks like a human being again. Maybe not to his best, but maybe he'd be able to like cover the amount of limited space he's meant to cover. He just looked uh, like he'd been strapped to a plank of wood, do you not think? Yeah. Like he looks like he's not allowed to bend over anymore. Might just have a bad back. But the weird thing think... the weird thing is, the first couple games we came back from the World Cup, he looked better. So I I'm not I don't think Fabinho's as finished as say Henderson. Which may just be completely player bias and that I like Fabinho more and I think he's better, etc. But I think there is still ability in there to run. That's I think the difference though is <laughs> sorry. <coughs> Fab's still got actual ability as a footballer. He just can't move very much at the moment. Hendo never really had much ability as a footballer, and now he can't run much anymore. He's not running very well. He can only go in straight lines. He's doing that really annoying chipped pass and shouting at everybody and not giving yeah, any protection to Trent. So he's, not, he's just it's literally like having a player playing for the opposition when he's on at the moment. Whereas Fabio, at least he's so Fabinho, at least he's still a good footballer. He's just a good footballer who can't move very much, which is a problem. Which is why I don't know, if it, is it all physical decline? Has he got an injury? Is he just taking a while to get back to himself? Uh, but I do worry that we've broken him and that he needs to be used sparingly and sporadically. And um, Maybe Chelsea's the right game to play him for 55, 60 minutes. And when he starts mm. to move like a plank of wood again, we bring on the kid and Stefan can run around, well, because he's been, you know, he's showing himself so composed. He can come on for half an hour and do a job with a bit more energy. And it's terrible that we're having to talk about a seventeen-year-old coming in for Fab when Fab's what thirty. Like this shouldn't I mean, be. I happening. think he's actually twenty-nine, which makes yeah. it worse. <laughs> yeah, just, uh, just, yeah, there's something. Something looks wrong with the way he's moving, and I hope it's not permanent. Yes, hopefully. Maybe well, you just need to... You're right, you can't blame him because the entire left <laughs> side of the pitch falls apart when he's come on. And that's the thing, Fabinho didn't come on until the 75th minute. Um, yeah. So there was like, when was it, 10 minutes? I think the turn had already started before that. Yeah, um, because of the left-hand side was getting exposed. Yeah. Us, you know, we kept trying to play him as an eight and suddenly we're playing him as the left forward. So he keeps appearing in all the wrong places. There were points where you'd be yeah. like, oh, he should be tracking that player when Harvey's tackled them. I mean, it's great Harvey's tackled them, but surely that should have been Curtis's job a few times. Mm-hmm. So I think he came on to what was already falling apart. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I'd agree with that. Um, let's go through some of the last remaining things in the game, because there's not much from a Liverpool point of view. I mean, Wolves have a free kick. I think Neves puts it over if it's the one I'm thinking of. Yeah. Wolves have a chance on the counter-attack, but Naby stops it off. I think it's off our corner, if I remember correctly. Uh, then there's some more subs. I can't remember who. They should have a corner. Yes. They don't get one, which is funny. Yes, that yeah, that was on 78, um, well defended by Gomez. Um, then I have Naby being a shithouse when he pretended to be injured and then went on the floor, which was fantastic. Um Kev was good. There was a bit of a... They had a cross with a scramble on the ball, you know, went about a million miles into the sky. And Kev came out and gathered it amongst a couple of players, you know. Yeah, he didn't have loads to do, but he did it well. You know, he did get a fingertip on the... It was going over, but on Neves' shot as well. Yes, yes. I think we've not really talked about him because we didn't have to, but when he had to do some stuff today, I thought Callagher was really good. No, I'd agree with that. He's not, he's not really let us down, in, especially in the last couple of years, since he's matured a bit. Um, they bought on the 53-year-old, didn't they? Diego, Diego Costa. He actually set up a chance. I think that was one of their, their biggest chance. Um, but that was in the 87th minute. Yeah, it was cool, um, wasn't it? Yes. Um, I mean, let's let's talk. Let's finish up with a couple more general points. I think. Mean, do you want to talk about Doak? He's obviously, I think he actually is 12. <laughs> um, he looks fun. Like, we've obviously had uh, prospects in the past. We've had Ben Woodburn, uh, Cade Gordon, who's obviously been injured, sadly. But this lad, this lad looks spectacularly fun. 
Like, he does look really good, but I am worried we're going to do what we've done with so many players. Mm. We did it with Harvey, but Harvey is coming, breaking through the other side of it, right? But we overplay them and we're too young and we set these expectations far too high. Like we did, like you, you mentioned, like Bed Woodburn and, you know, shows about Suso earlier. My worry with him is if we give him too much exposure and he doesn't instantly take off, we'll break him because he does look an exciting player. He looks really positive, right? He picks up the ball and he runs at players. And like, what's what, he, you know, he comes on and pretty much instantly puts a cross in. It's not a great cross, but he did the right thing, just didn't execute it. Um, I thought he was pretty good. I personally don't think he's as good as Harvey on the right hand side. And I think people calling for him to play loads of minutes rather than Harvey there, I think is a bit daft. But wouldn't it be cool if when, Mo goes, we've already got the right-hand side sorted out with Doak and Harvey. Because he does look like he's got lots of potential. And it's, it's that confidence, isn't it? It's that confidence of youth of, give me the ball, put it in front of me, let me run at people. So well, think... in, one, in, in one of my WhatsApp, someone was making the argument, and I, I actually agree with it. Seeing as the Premier League, Premier League season is basically a write-off, and maybe we scrounge top four or whatever, but if we get a few more losses, which is very possible, let's just try and use some of these youngsters. I know, but like, I'd rather develop like at the moment. I'd rather develop Carvalho and Elliot. yeah. But you can do no. You can. Do, I'm not saying start Doak. I'm saying we can give him a good amount of minutes from the bench. Like, let's finally see if Curtis Jones is able to play for Liverpool. Let's finally, well, not finally. Let's give Carvalho a chance in his actual position. Let's play Elliot on the right wing for a bit. But I think if the season's going to be as shit in the Premier League as it is at the minute, let's give Dork 30 minutes in games. Why not? It's what, 16 turning 17. I just don't think players that... I think it's terrible that we're having to rely on Basetic, right? He's 17. It is. Looks 17, but at least he looks physically a bit more ready for first-team football. I would just worry that if we overexpose him, he'll get hurt. And he'll get physically hurt by another player or injured, or the fans will just make up so much hype about him that he won't ever be able to live up to. And I, I, I get the I get the whole let's play him because our season's going terribly. But if he's playing more than like seven eight minutes in a game, it's a disaster. I think if Mo's not playing, we need to be developing the players who look more ready. You know, Harvey scored a goal today because he was in a position where he should be. I'd rather see him pushing on at the moment. I'd rather see Doak developed quietly and sensibly and bought in when he's ready, rather than thrown in because we're shit. Which I know is against what all the fans in Discord are saying, but oh, I don't boring. think it's right to play him. You're boring. Get him straight in. Fucking Chelsea game. Straight we keep breaking people. We keep I breaking don't care. players. But you will do when you he ends up break. playing for Milan at 23 and is useless. You've got, to break a, you've got to break a few eggs to get a Trent now and again. Let's don't go break again. eggs and look really good. Ah, <laughs> we bought them for 12p. We'll get our money back. Um, let's finish up. I think we've discussed the midfield quite a lot, and that was probably the big positive. But I'll finish up by talking about Ibu, who... Every time he plays, apart from the game he came back in, which I can't remember which was, he was awful in, um, 38 mil for that bloke is not talked about enough in terms of our bargains. Cause that yeah, he lad, looks really good. Yeah, he's going to be the next best centre-back in the world. I have no doubt in my mind about that. He he looks like an absolutely exceptional player. He Sometimes to me he still looks a little bit unsure of himself. And I think playing with, um, which is why it was quite nice to say to see Joe today being a bit more composed and a bit more mature, because I thought as the game came on, the better Joe was playing, the better Ibu played. It's almost like Ibu plays better off the player alongside him. Hopefully that can switch around soon and he can be the player that people play off as opposed to the one who feeds off whoever he's playing alongside. But um, I do feel like with Ibu, he feeds off his partner at the moment and he can't carry another player yet the way BVD can but he's young right so that will come but I thought he was good I thought he was good today and I thought the right hand side when him you know, when Gomez moved on over to the right I think he carried on playing reasonably well 
until, you know, apart from the fact that he had to look after a C-ball, no, kickball, headball yeah. player. So yeah, I, thought he, I thought he was a I thought he was a positive. And I think he, as he said, I think he's going to be a really, really good player. Like, yeah, absolutely. And he, he does that thing that Matip does, doesn't he? Like, Gomez likes to switch the ball out and play the ball out of defence with a nice long pass or a sensible pass like VVD, whereas... Evie seems to like to pick the ball up and carry it, so we do need to have a carrier, and he was he was good again today. But yeah, I'm finding but... it really hard to be like, is he just being like a six, seven out of ten and just being solid and getting consistent? But we all think he's better because Matip is so bad, or am I so jaded by the season that he's actually playing much better? I but think it's, it's a I think it's a bit of both. Because take the Brighton game, for example, the bad Brighton game we just had. The first half, he is literally the only reason we were not 12-0 down. <laughs> so I think with the team being shit, it's hard to judge a centre-back, but I think he's been spectacular for 99% of his games. Obviously, he's been injured quite a lot as well, which doesn't help, but I genuinely, I think 38 mil for him will be seen as one of our bargains once all, all is said and done with... With this group of players, um, and he'll obviously probably lead on the next group of players, hopefully. Um, but yeah, I think he's fucking phenomenal. Um, and it'd be nice if the fact he's playing so well means Joe can get back to 90% of his best, right? If we can get Joe consistent mm-hmm. and with his head screwed on, we know he's a good centre-back. Him and, Vir- him and Virgil at one point were the best pairing on the planet. Yeah. He's just forgotten how to play that kind of football again. So hopefully him and Ibu can have a run now until Virgil's back and then we'll have two informed players that Virgil can come and play with. Yeah, that's the thing. I think I think we said it earlier, I'd probably run with Ibu and Joe just because Joe's better on the left and we don't have to move Ibu. So I'd probably run with that for now. But I, I'm guessing he'll revert back to Matip, even though I, I do agree. I think he's been... A bit poo mm-hmm. this season. Um, I just think I, Matip is another player I think is cooked. Um, yeah, he can't seem to run anymore. mentally cooked rather than physically cooked. I think he's a bit bored. I think he's lost a step with his uh, injury last year. Yeah, but, maybe. Um, he was never the quickest, though, but he just doesn't... like. No. You look at his facial expressions. He doesn't have that joyful, confident John Matip Palms look anymore, does he? He just Me, looks... Meme first. <laughs> yeah, he, he, he looks unsure of himself quite a lot at the moment. And I wonder if anyway. he is a bit yeah. cooked. But yeah, I think Canate was really good. Yeah, let's uh, let's not finish on a negative. Um, that's basically all I have. Is there anything you want to mention before before we go? Yeah, just after he gets down in the match, on about the 93rd minute, Elliot makes a nice crunching tackle, wins the corner, and shouts at the assistant referee. And I was like, brilliant. <laughs> all in one swift moment. Yeah, yeah. Uh, would would you agree with Elliot Man of the Match? I should really finish on that. I always forget to do this. Yeah, because he scored the match winner. And that's what, that's, that's the, the thing with him, right, is if we give him a chance and play him in the right positions, as he's shown today, he can score match-winning goals. But he's never been given... He doesn't get given the chance to do it. Uh, and today he was the match winner, and I think he played really well and really positively, and he deserved it. Had it gone to one of the centre-backs, I'd have been like, they were good, but I don't think Wolves caused us, caused us enough trouble. Um, mm. I'd throw Nabi in there and Thiago. I mean, Thiago would be fair, yeah. All three midfielders were really, really yeah. good. The difference between them and Elliot is for a change, the midfield didn't cost us anything. Yeah. And Elliot scored the winner. And that's it. He scored the best. Yeah. The thing that pushes him past everyone else is he did score the winner and kept playing at at least the same level as everybody else. No, I think that's fair. I think, I think the good thing is we have a handful of people who could have got man of the match rather than just going, he was least shit. <laughs> um, yeah, had like uh, <laughs> that random moment where yeah. Tiago finds himself off side trying to shoot. If, if he'd actually been on side and scored, you might have given it to him. Yes. But, you know, he's a very winner. true. Right, we will finish up there then. Uh, thank you, Stephen, for joining me. You have kept your, I was going to say, Lico, domestic cup record intact. So if you're Our not, if domestic you, cup record intact guy. No, nah, I, I bottled it earlier. I bottled it with the League Cup this season, season Stephen. I apologise. Um, but that was Dave and Trevful. That's what I mean. It's been, it's been when we've been on the pods, normally with Dave yeah. or Justin or Lisa, but it's our run. 
Yeah. We'll, we'll go over that. We'll go over that. Because when I was on with Nina, last time I was on with Nina, we lost. So I'm saying it's, it's our run, not Nina's it's run. N- it's not our fault, is it? <laughs> um, but again, everyone, thank you, everyone, especially those listening in Discord. I know it's late um, for some people. And it's the FA Cup replay, so not loads of people have been interested, but we had a good uh, amount of people listening here. But everyone listening later as well, a big thank you to to you as well. I shall return for the Brighton game, which I believe is a week on Saturday. Um, But thank you, everyone, for listening. Goodbye. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds, and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.